0: Oh, now I'm not hearing this there. Okay. okay, well. Hey friends, this is Musing Methodist, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. My name is John Duff, the assistant pastor here at Centenary UMC in Danville, Kentucky, and today we're talking about various things, but we're going to hone in on the issue of violence in the Old Testament. And I am Chris
1: Morgan. I am the senior minister here at Centenary in Danville, and we are glad to have people joining us in the middle of the week, in the middle of the yeah, day.
0: Absolutely. So glad to be there. with you. And Kathy is with us. Um, I, I say as always, but there are sometimes, there's been like one or two shows when she's not here.
1: But Kathy mentions that it is a spectacular day outside. It is one of those days yeah. when, if you have glasses that automatically become sunglasses outside, then it would happen almost instantly.
0: Yeah, I, uh, um, I plan to go running later in the day, so hope because it's that type of a nice day, um, and we normally start with how have we been recently? So Kathy, anything interesting going on? No. How How have you been?
1: Good. It's been quiet. Yeah. Which is always
0: good. You're wearing purple today, is that right? And
1: purple
0: today. Uh, I like purple, so that's good. And I'm colorblind. Can you so see purple? It's great that I saw yeah, it. I was yeah. Say. Yeah, I do. Uh, I I can. Uh, most of the time. Sometimes I confuse it with blue. Like. Uh, well, this is purple and I But okay. yeah, I can definitely see that that's purple. So that's pretty cool. But anyways, Chris, I am
1: uh, tired, yeah. but uh, yeah, we've got a lot going on at. Yeah. Of uh, my house and just came from there, and'll we'll yeah. return there uh as soon as we're done here but Absolutely. uh I have gotten to see my granddaughter. Many times recently, and yeah. She just drove up again a little while ago. She's she didn't drive, <laughs> uh, but that would be my daughter just drove up. Pretty incredible with my, incredible. my granddaughter. Like, <laughs> she's highly advanced.
0: Yeah, for a yeah,
1: for one point five sure. month old. <laughs> I mean, I thought
0: my nephew was advanced for remembering his birthday, and he's only like two years old. and She's driving. She's wow. She's like six weeks, seven weeks.
1: Um. Eight weeks. Awesome. Because it was yeah. December. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the last day of 2020. That's cool. We ended it with a bang, even though it kind of puttered along up until that point.
0: So tell us what being a grandpa is like.
1: Being a grandpa is really very fun. Um,
0: Although you like to be called grandfather, right? Not grandpa.
1: I think grandpa is where we're going to land, whether I want to be oh, grandfather okay. or not. Yeah. But, uh, and being a grandpa is fun because... You know, you can make little baby noises, and you can make the child smile. And uh, if the yeah. child does a bodily function or starts to cry, you can surrender said child back to mom.
0: and yeah.
1: All is all is well. But uh, she's she's really sweet. I've gotten a chance to see her a number of times uh, yeah. in the last couple of months. So I've gotten to see the developmental stages that I haven't seen since. Our youngest was a kid. Yeah. You guys look
0: too. Yeah. We do look a little alike. The she, baby she, and Chris? Because mm-hmm. they're both bald? Is that what you're <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs>
1: losing a little of her hair, and her mom did that, too, when uh, she was a kid. Yeah,
0: yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, and if you're uh, out there on Facebook, let us know how you're doing. Leave a comment if today's a good day, tough day. Um, we're glad to have you joining us. Yeah. So. Our uh, regulars are joining, and you know, I think last time we got a like on our video from a pastor in Florida. Cool. Uh, I looked. I kind of did the Facebook creep thing, and I was like, I don't know this guy, and then it looks like he's a pastor in Florida, so
1: that so was pretty you cool.
0: Facebook creep or Facebook stalk? Uh, I don't Facebook. know. I didn't stalk very. Much. I didn't like look very much. I was like, oh, he's a. I saw he's a. Pastor in Florida, and so I was like, "Creep." So that's a creep. But he, he might be one of my buddies. Yeah, it could. That's what I thought. I was going to ask you before the show, but now we're live, and anyways. But yeah, but I'm doing uh, relatively well today. It's been a good weekend and a good uh, couple of days for me. So uh, just doing the same old, same old. Nothing too crazy. I'm so excited for the warmer weather. You know, getting outside, running, doing stuff like you know, spring stuff, my, I always say my favorite day of the year is like, there's always that like first day of summer where like, it's warm enough for like people to go outside and like go to the parks and they like play Frisbee or basketball or volleyball. And I love like that day when it's like, you can go out and see everyone outside because they all want to play Frisbee or, or whatnot. And I don't know if that's today or not, but it's getting close to that. And so. That, that's one of my favorites. So. It's getting
1: hot inside your car if your windows are rolled up and yeah, you don't have the that's air conditioning true. on. Yep, that's it. for sure. And it's rained so much. you know, The ground is wet. I, I noticed there, there's yeah. water collected all over the place. And I don't know if you know this about me, but sometimes I go overboard um, occasionally. And, and <laughs> it has rained so much recently that... <laughs> I bought a 68 inch umbrella wow, with with wind protection. So it's like an umbrella on top of a larger umbrella, so the mm. wind can blow up through and it won't turn the umbrella inside out. I'm really excited about That's my cool. 68. I am 68 inches tall. The umbrella, like I could lie down under
0: the umbrella. And you were and completely I, lucid when you bought I, this? I was. <laughs> no ambient involved in this purchase. <laughs> there was, it okay. was not a middle of the night purchase. Tell us about the other middle, is that okay? okay with that?
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Um, I was needing some powder, some Gatorade powder, the other night, and so uh, I went on sams.com. Why?
0: Why did it come in the middle of the night that you were deciding about this? Well, I
1: just wanted Gatorade. Okay, you were thinking. I about... was thirsty, so I, I, uh, yeah, I, I had, uh, had a had a sleep aid, and I was ordering Gatorade, and there there was exercise equipment for half off, so. Yeah, I'll put that in my cart too, and uh, so I got some it. exercise equipment. I I, I ordered. I, I don't even know what kind it is. It Was a it was Chuck half Norris? Price. It was the the thing that Chuck Norris uh, advertises.
0: Matt Overing knows Matt. If you're watching, type <laughs> you can tell in us what, what it is. Tell us what it is. It's like. A total gem. That's what he called it. And John yeah. said, are you going to send it back? No, I'm not going to send it back. Uh, I mean, if I would have purchased a, you, you led that story with I like, Ambient purchased something. And I I mean, that's the beauty of Amazon. You can buy stuff and send it back and it's no cost. Uh, you know? Yeah. It's great. Well,
1: the only, I, the only other thing I've ever purchased like that in the middle of the night was a book. And I haven't yeah. read the book yet, but I read the oh. first few chapters of it. It's a go.
0: biography of Steve Jobs. Oh, that's cool. That's probably a good biography. That's the thing with Amazon. Okay, I'm not a big shopper at all. I, I actually dislike shopping in general. It's just too many options, you know. You go into the store. But the thing with Amazon, it's like it makes it so much easier. It's like an online shopping. And so it like creates this like I, – I, I can't imagine for people who really like shopping and then, then you got internet that you can just click and it's there. And it's like, oh, that's worse. So much worse. So –
1: but, I, I go to the cereal aisle, and I'm just baffled. I'm overwhelmed yeah. by the choices of cereal. There's just way too many types of cereal.
0: Yeah. Let's not, yeah. Okay, let's not talk about food because I'm hungry, mm. so we should move on. Okay, so we're moving on uh, to, to our uh, – sometimes we like to do a This Day in History segment. And um, today we are doing This Day in History, but we are also doing Yesterday in History too because Yesterday in History – On March 1st, 1968, Johnny Cash married June Carter at 1st UMC of Franklin, Kentucky, which was pretty cool because that was where Chris was a pastor
1: before he came to St. Mary. That was my previous appointment, and I happened to be there for the 50th anniversary of that particular wedding. Yeah,
0: 2018,
1: yeah. And um, one of the Johnny Cash biographers, in some just amazing way had managed to find the only existing recording of that ceremony and oh, so wow. played it there uh at the church did they digitalize it um yes he he In, yeah. he digitized it but but it's his so i don't think that's been played anywhere else um other than the 50th anniversary that's uh, cool there and just just really a, a remarkable thing and it's Surprised me how many people wanted to get married at the church that Johnny Cash and June Carter got married at. So I did a lot of weddings. Um, mm-hmm. There's some probably some people who will eventually watch this podcast um, that I married at Franklin because of uh, because of that. So yeah, it really has helped to develop relationships I never would have been able to have in any other way. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's pretty cool. So that was March first. 1968, 53 years ago now. So that's pretty cool. Another one that was cool is in 1807, so 213, 20, 14 years ago. Congress abolishes the African slave trade. So that's pretty cool. Slavery obviously still existed in America, but there was no more importation of slaves. And so that was a good step, an important step. And then. In March 2nd, 1904, so a little over 100 years ago, Theodor Giesel was born. Now, Kathy, do you know who Theodor Giesel is? It's a trick question because it's not who we know him by. And it's okay to say no. Chris has it in front of him or else I would have asked him. It's not
1: Mark
0: Twain. 1904. No, I know, but I know the name. I'm, I'm sitting here. I think that's how you say you, you it. You would have the to dig way does, does into the recesses of your... Does on Facebook Europe. know who Theodore Geisel is? And don't Google it and then give us the answer. <laughs> Darren Googled it. Oh, Darren Googled it? No. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss? Dr. Seuss. There you go. Yes. So, Theodore Geisel, better known to the world as Dr. Seuss, the author and illustrator of Cat in a Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, is born in Springfield, Massachusetts, March 2nd, 1904. So um He'd be 117 now. Yeah, he wrote a lot of books, and we like them. Do you guys have a favorite Dr. Seuss book, or have you read much? I mean, I haven't read, like, a lot. Maybe when I was a kid, but...
1: Green Eggs and Ham is the one that I always yeah. remember. That's and, making me hungry right now, uh-huh. so... <laughs> and I know green eggs and ham. My, my first green eggs and ham experience was that I told one of my uncles who was cooking steak and wanted to know if I wanted garlic on my steak. I said, oh, no, I do not like garlic. I do not like garlic. And so he covered my steak with garlic. And I said, oh, that's the best steak I've ever had. Like, oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So green eggs and ham. You can't say what you like or don't like.
0: Uh. Either, I do like The Grinch Story. Yeah, yeah, that's or a good one. The Places to Go. Yeah, that one's good, for sure. And The Lorax, right? That's like a... I was never a big Lorax You're not a big Lorax fan? Mm. I like trees, so I guess I probably like that one too. But there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. He's very creative, and he's a great author. So that's This Day in History. Is there anything else we want to talk about or mention?
1: This Day in History... It's March second. Yeah. It is a day in history Mm -hmm. for which I am grateful to be alive, to be able to to be able to, you know, think and to do a podcast and to be in a squeaky chair leaning up against the back.
0: For sure. Okay, I have a question real quick. We have these I Love Sunday stickers. Yes. What are those about? Um Two three years ago, yeah, when Jill and I went to the Children's Pastors Conference in Florida. Okay. One of their themes that year
1: was "I love Sundays." Oh, like okay. had T-shirts that's and good. stickers
0: and. So just from the Children's mm-hmm. Conference. Conference. Nice, cool. And I, I do, do like love Sundays. It. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, truth that's for me. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I I love all the days. Sundays are yeah, Sundays are probably one of the better ones though. I mean, but that's our gig, so... Anyways. Okay, so on to... Speaking of Sundays, not really. Uh, we are going to discuss the issue of violence in the Old Testament. So I'm going to set it up, and then Chris is going to knock it out of the park because he's the Old Testament scholar. So what... What? Okay, I was pondering this the other day because, you know, I've in my reading, I had been going through Joshua. And in the book of Joshua... Um, there is a conquest of the land of Canaan from the Israelites, right? So the Israelites are slaves in Egypt. God frees them, brings them out of Egypt, and uh, we we can we can see how God bringing them out of Egypt works really well in in um, freeing of of the Israelites. But then we have the problem of where do the Israelites go? And how do they get into this promised land where there's other people there already, right? And so what we see in the book of Joshua a lot is, um, and especially if we read it literally, what it looks like is that they're slaughtering people, um, like left and right, and they just utterly kill everyone in the land, what it looks like at some points, um, and what could be thought of almost as genocide in a way, right? Um and this, it definitely it, for me, and I think it, it, it should raise some questions uh, of, of people who are Christians and who take kind of the New Testament and the whole, well, not just the New Testament, but the whole Bible seriously and, uh, and the Christian ethic of nonviolence and, and caring for the life of other people and, and uh, valuing human life. Um, what do we make of this in Joshua And especially in Joshua uh, is what I'm asking about and thinking about. What do we make um, of this violence of what seems like God is condoning what seems like wiping out different people? Um, So... I want to toss that over to Chris and allow him to. As speak you toss away.
1: that over to me, you must understand that I could talk about this for weeks. Okay. And
0: uh, I, I, could, put I, could actually,
1: <laughs> I could actually, I could actually, yeah, bring, yeah, lots of extra uh, talk into this. Uh, one of the things that I think we have to get beyond is the idea that uh, the Canaanites who were living in the land, uh, the, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Hivites, you know, that, that, all of the, the, that all of the ites were just sitting there peacefully around their campfires, okay. singing camp songs, and that suddenly here comes the hordes of Israelites uh, that, are, that are coming in to, to destroy and to devastate the land. We yeah. know that was not the case.
0: Okay.
1: How do we know that's not the case? Well... Let's go back to Egypt. Yeah. Back to Egypt and the heretical king known as uh, Akhenaten. So Akhenaten becomes king in Egypt and has this radical idea. And this radical idea is that there is but one god. And all of the gods that the Egyptians have worshipped heretofore are not real gods. There is but one god, and that god is the solar disk. So Akhenaten um, essentially fires all of the priests of all of the other uh, religions that, that worked in the administration of Egypt. And um, not only that, but he decided to to create an entirely new capital city. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Akhenaten built the city of Amarna. As you might imagine, he had many enemies. He had enemies who from the the priesthood. He had enemies um, with within the civic structure. He mm-hmm. just he he had enemies, and as you also might imagine, uh, he did not die a natural death. Okay. But Akhenaten builds this city of Amarna, and it serves for a time as capital of, of Egypt. And so uh, the the post office, the main post office. In Egypt is in the city of Amarna, yeah. uh, and all of these city states in what we now know as Canaan, Israel, uh, all of these city states are sending him requests that he help them out, because um, the next city state over, one will say, um, is is. Bothering me without provocation, mm-hmm. please, O Pharaoh, come and help me, please, O Pharaoh, come and help me, um, and so we have this this entire archive of Amarna letters, okay. where where we see that what we know of as Canaan, where where the Israelites landed, yeah, yeah. Um, is is populated by. Uh, these rulers of small city states that are in constant conflict, fighting with one another, and begging Pharaoh to come and help one another out. So, so enter into this situation. It's not just these these city states. These are not peaceful, um, peacefully existing folks that are just sitting around, um, you know, enjoying uh, grapes and. Um, you know, yeah. Fruits and, and vegetables and, and uh reciting poetry to each other. They're they're actively involved in
0: fighting one another. So you're setting up where what is what we call the promised land Canaan, um there was already a lot of strife and violence going on between different tribes or, or peoples. Between different city states. And yes. then as then the Israelites kind of come into that and then, so so so, so that's they come piece. into that
1: and, and they get they get the upper hand in yeah. in some of these areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so one of the mistakes that people make when they talk about uh, the conquest of Canaan is that they don't recognize that Canaan was a violent, violent place, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it was so violent that the rulers, the leaders of the city states, were appealing to Pharaoh in Amarna um, to, to come and help them out. Yeah. Now, Pharaoh in Amarna was, was busy trying to stay alive because yeah. he had yeah. so many people who hated him. Um, and as soon as as soon as he died, as soon as Akhenaten died, Amarna was just left. It was absolutely mm. abandoned, yeah. uh, which, is, which is why we have you know, this archive the of letters, of letters yeah. because yeah. You know, they, were, they were absolutely uh, abandoned. Yeah. So, so that's one, one piece to this. Uh, the other piece of this is that, uh, we use language in ways that is sometimes drawn from literalism without being literal itself. And so mm-hmm. when, uh, when someone says in the Bible, um, you know, they marched in and they killed everything that they breathed, all of the men, the women, the children, the animals, they wiped them out. Yeah. Um, the question is whether that is a literal uh, wiping out of everything that that lived, or whether that is that is simply the way of saying we won decisively. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you if you've lost decisively, that never looks good for you because yeah, you know, you're going to become a servant. You're you're going to become um, somebody who's who's moved around in ways that that cause you to lose your freedom. Yeah. Um, but it may well be that. Uh, and and I came across this in an Egyptian text that I can't remember. One time, um, I took I took Egyptian a while back, and there were lots of fun things that that came out of that Egyptian literature. But in in one of the pieces, it's uh, you know, Pharaoh goes in and he slaughtered all of the inhabitants of the city, men, women, children, animals. Yeah. And the very next sentence was, the survivors he relocated to this other place yeah yeah and my first thought was wait a minute if he killed everybody how are their survivors mm-hmm. and uh that's when i guess i began to think about this this idea that hyperbole uh, one way of saying a decisive win is to just claim that that everyone is done away with yeah uh and so maybe in joshua that's what's happening
0: yeah so so this second piece what you're saying is when Joshua, the authors of Joshua, write, oh, they went in and they wiped everyone out, they're they're per- most likely using hyperbole. This is a language that other authors have used, what you gave an example of in, in, in Egypt. And, and I would also, on top of that, other than what other authors have used, is that we also see this in Joshua and Judges itself of that, like, that you'll read at one point in Joshua, they went in and they got rid of everyone in the town and they killed everyone. And then, like later, two chapters later, it'll be like, well, the people who were still in, you know, Jerusalem or the people that were mm-hmm. still in this that were not Israelites, uh, they still had to interact with. And that's that's a huge piece of the book of Judges too. Yeah,
1: if you if you read the book of Joshua, you think about this invading force that is coming in that is unstoppable and just destroys everything in front of it. Yeah, and then you read in Judges all of the places that were not destroyed, and yeah. all of the peoples that were not wiped out, and you you recognize that that there are a couple of different things that are going on here, um, and that that the uh, Old Testament historians will talk about the conquest theory, which which takes as the main way of looking at it the, the conquest from outside to to inside, taking over. Mm. Um, there is a gradual infiltration theory that that says that the Hebrews gradually infiltrated the land and and ended up kind of taking possession of the land. Um, there's a really intriguing alternative that uh, that one of one of my professors uh, at Hebrew Union College suggested, which is that for a very long time. Egypt was actually politically in control of Canaan mm. um, and so there are Egyptian outposts that, that we find where, where garrisons would stop and um, and, and would, would be stationed uh, all throughout Canaan and so this particular historian says that for even somebody living in Canaan they would have felt oppressed and even maybe enslaved by the Egyptians, mm, yeah, and then suddenly, with all the turmoil in Egypt, um, Egypt sh- Egypt's presence in the world shrank. Yeah, and so suddenly, all of the uh, outposts were abandoned. Um, Egypt had to take care of Egypt's own internal strife, um, and so there were a lot of people living in Canaan who would have identified with the Israelites, yeah, the yep. Hebrews, yeah. because. They could they could identify with this story once we were enslaved by Egypt, Mm -hmm. but suddenly by a mighty act of God um, We are not enslaved anymore. And so the Egyptians, I mean the the, uh, Hebrews fleeing from Egypt may well have come into uh, a geography where their story resonated with with
0: People that were there, maybe even the
1: majority of the population.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so having them then being included in the nation of Israel um, would just be a matter of teaching them who Yahweh is, right? The and, the and, law from Sinai, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, um, so that's an important part. And I want to uh, backtrack. Uh, all of this is really good. I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about um, uh, just. Uh, I think. We talked about hyperbole, and oftentimes in in our modern, what we would call modern, uh, views of reading the Bible, there's this huge push to read the Bible literally, and, like, if the Bible says it, we believe it. Um, I think that's comes from a good motive, but I think that comes sometimes from misunderstanding the text. And one of the pastors I listen to says, we don't always have to read the Bible literally, we read it literarily, meaning understanding the literary context uh, in in the time that it was written, the culture it was written, and the way that the authors intended it. And, and so I, I think that's important here in Joshua, right?
1: Right, and C.S. Lewis would say that we have to understand literature yeah. And when when God says be like doves, He does not intend for us to lay eggs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is you know, <laughs> the the idea that we can take text seriously.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. Yeah. W- without necessarily yeah. in. in and we, we understand the genre that we're reading
0: another one I love is in the Psalms it says when brothers dwell together in unity it's like oil running down the beard of Aaron and you're not supposed to take that and be like it's greasy or, or you know <laughs> gross it, it, it's the perfume and the the incense of the oil and how beautiful that is would you when like for you to light some incense brothers and sisters live together <laughs> <laughs> Kathy doesn't like the incense but Chris does and I, I like it so I don't have my own I'm not at that level yet but anyways, and, and then the, lastly, I, I think it's also important to n- note that this, uh, getting back to the conquest in Joshua and the violence, or, that this is a unique moment in history. Um, so often I see people read things in the Bible and say, oh, God, this is the way God is, and he works like this all the time. Um, but God, inv- getting the Israelites into the Promised Land was a one-time deal like there there's no other time like it and god sometimes I, I i would argue that god isn't as violent as it seems here or endorsing violence in the way that it seems like he is um but it, it is a one-time thing here um and uh limited uh to, to canaan and, and i think that's important that, that god's a person and, and works in different ways in history uh to bring about his um what he wants for sure,
1: so. and there's there's a an often overlooked in in Genesis uh, Genesis 15 as as God is telling Abraham, mm-hmm. your descendants are going to come back to this land. They're going to spend some time in Egypt, and they're going to be slaves in Egypt.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, as for yourself, Abraham, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age and they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Yeah. I mean we we have we have this notion of of God looking down sovereignly at the history of the world and uh the the history of the Amorites has to run its course before the history of the Israelites in that land uh begins to run its course. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. So it's not it's not as though uh, you know God is God is moving some people out uh, precariously or, or, yeah. or with, without thought. Yeah. Um, it's as if God is God is the, the iniquity of the Amorites yeah. has not yet come to its its yeah. fullness, and and once that happens, um, then the promises to Abraham. Yeah, then take place on And, and that's,
0: that's another big piece is that we see in Scripture God judgment on the people in the land already where they were practicing child sacrifice and had different uh, moral corruption issues as well. And so God saying I don't want that anymore and judging the people there already. And so, um, so that's uh, kind of violence, especially in uh, the book of Joshua. There's other places in the Old Testament where you have to wrestle with, but I would well first of all I would encourage us and say um if you have ever had these questions or if you struggle with this that's a good thing like it, it's good to wrestle with stuff in the bible uh, when we see things that seem to be contradictory right and and we're like okay there's all this violence but then in general god is a, a loving god and values life so how is it that those those values fit together that's important um at our best, we understand that the God
1: who calls us to pray for our enemies mm-hmm. yeah. loves not just us but our enemies as well. Yeah, and the God who calls us to love our enemies, um, himself, loves his enemies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, what a what a just a remarkable thought that is. And so mm-hmm. and so teasing this out throughout Scripture. Um, can be a difficult thing. And we're, we're tempted to do it in ways that, that really lack integrity. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, you know, I had this, this lady in my hometown that got all over me when she found out that I studied the Old Testament. She said, I don't like the Old Testament. The Old Testament, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's just legalistic. And yeah. you know, I had a great deal of respect for her. And uh, you know, I didn't get in an argument on the street with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact is that that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is the kind of legalism that most of us want. Mm-hmm. It means that if I punch you and knock out one of your teeth, yeah, yeah. Uh, you are not supposed to strangle me to death. Yep.
0: and Which was if, very common, even even past Jesus's day. It was very yeah. common that retribution was like, you do something bad to me, I'm going to do something worse. Mm-hmm. And this is into, I mean, there's people today, I'm sure, that practices nope, for sure. And so... Yeah, it's it's more grace-filled than we think it is. There was there
1: was a, a woman last week or the week before that stole a political sign out yeah. of someone's yeah. yard, and the someone came out and and killed her. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is not an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. No, nope. <laughs> uh, much worse. <laughs> that that is, you know, the the equivalent of that would be, you know, take some take a sign from from her yard. Uh, yeah. but the idea that that there's any kind of equivalence. Between the stealing of a sign and the taking of a human life, um, is is way back even beyond basic Old Testament thought. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Okay, I'm gonna zone over here. You got any th- questions or thoughts, Kathy, or anything to think about or add? No, Kathy's just taking it all in. Cool. Sounds good. Um, well, yeah, and uh, we love uh, thinking about these things and wrestling with these ideas and uh the good thing is that it's good to wrestle with ideas because um like we trust that god is god (laughs) people who are afraid to wrestle with difficult issues in the bible or in, in faith if you're afraid of wrestling with that that's that's more like if you actually believe god is god then then god's god and like he's got this and we don't have to be afraid of wrestling with doubts or, or difficult issues. And so uh, that's important. Um, that's about it for the, the violence in the Old Testament. Unless you have any other, I mean, you have lots of I mean, I could thoughts, talk for but, nine okay. days. <laughs> okay. So, so we can wrap it up. We should probably is, quit while we're ahead. Though. It is almost one. So for um, a couple of, next steps or announcements Wednesday nights during Lent we're doing the atonement and tomorrow we're doing the are we doing the penal substitution theory of the atonement yes that works and so we're excited about that so come out 6 30 tomorrow night you can come to our multi-purpose room you can view it on Facebook live we really like to see you in person though that would be cool and everyone's wearing masks and it's very spread out so it's very safe that'd be good um any other thing that we got going on? I didn't write anything down.
1: We have Wednesday night and then we have Sunday mornings. We are yep. back in person and online Sunday yep. mornings. And uh, I think in Kentucky we are at level 1C. Uh, so see if you qualify for level 1C. And uh, the more folks that we can get vaccinated in our Commonwealth. Uh, yep the more Better. normal life can be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with that, we will send this out. Chris, would you give us a blessing? God, we thank you for what
1: you've done for us in Jesus Christ. And I pray for everyone who is listening here today that you would work in our hearts and in our minds and that you would make us thoughtful Christians.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Go in peace, the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of Almighty God the Father. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit
0: be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. See you guys.